If you could support the podcast in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. Follow the link in the description to make a donation. Your support will help us keep the show on the road throughout the intercounty season. Sean O'Sullivan, you're very welcome back to the Curry Football Podcast. It's good to have you back. Uh, how was your weekend? Weekend was good, Adam. Yeah, obviously, long weekend. Um, Paddy's Day on Friday. Um, we actually had our county league game on St. Patrick's Day, which had, I suppose was good and bad, really. We, we got it out of the way early in the weekend, but it, it clashed with the time of parades and, you know, with, with a young family, it didn't go down great at home, but it was just great to get the game out of the way early in the weekend and allow people to enjoy the rest of the weekend in terms of, I suppose, going out and enjoying the festivities of the weekend. And, of course, you had the the brilliant uh, the brilliant rugby game on, on Saturday with Ireland clinching the, 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 the Grand Slam at home in Dublin and um, and then, obviously, with Kerry versus Roscommon Saturday evening. Weather wasn't great overall, Adam, but other than that, it was it was a nice weekend. But uh, I missed you. It was, it's nice to be back chatting to you. Of course, Barry John is is off in warmer climates. Uh, that man has a great time, hasn't he? Yeah, Mister Worldwide. I don't know where he is now. He could be, he could be anywhere. Uh, no, we'll get Barry John on at some stage when he gets back. All right. Um, how did you get on with Come On? We had a good win, Adam. Yeah, we had a good win. We were at home to Castle Gregory um, in Division Four, round one of Division Four, the County League. Um, so we won by two points, 13-11. Um, we were, yeah, we, we were, it, was look, it wasn't looking great going down the stretch. We were 10-6 down, possibly 11-6, 11-7 maybe. And we finished strong to get over the line, which is great. Um, Castle Gregory and ourselves have, have met each other quite a bit now in the last few years between Division 4 and the Junior Championship. So, and, and they've got the better of us nearly all, every time. So for us to get one over on them now was was good. They would have been down there carry under twenties, which obviously helped us. Um, but we're delighted, as you know yourself, Adam, in the county league. Uh, teams focus on those first two three games, and if you can get points up on the board early, it's great because look, um, you're you're trying to first of all, you know, for us anyway, you're trying to you know remain safe in the division if you can. You know, you don't want to be going down if you can. But if you get a couple of wins in the first few games, you know, you you start to look up the table rather than down. But I actually, just for a bit of interest on Sunday evening, when all the games were done and the results were in, I averaged up the scores, the winning score margin in Division 4, in our division, and it was three points. So you can just imagine how competitive Division 4 is going to be this year. There was one draw and... The three points was the average winning margin by any team. So it's a real, real competitive division. And as I say, we'll just be hoping to maintain our status if we can. And and it was great to get points on the board in, in the first game, definitely. How many years have you been playing now senior football for Come On? Uh, this is my 27th season now with the seniors. Um, I, I, I remember making my, when you could, I, I made my debut um, at 16. Um, back in the mid Kerry League, and then played County League. You could, you could obviously those days you could play before you were a an under seventeen or an under eighteen. So yeah, yes, yeah, twenty seven years, Adam. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Like, um, but you know, it's great. We we've the last couple of years we've introduced uh, some nice young players in Cremon. We've had a good batch of last year's minors coming through, and and say this and the year before. So last two years we've we've developed a couple of nice minor players, six or seven of them. Now, they're not all on the first team. Uh, about four started against Castle Gregory. Now, the last day, for instance, and three on the bench. So it's great for a small club like us to be able to produce that. And what it does is, is um, it, it, it gives you good numbers of training and keeps the thing competitive. And uh, our subs had a big impact when they came in the last day. And it keeps the older fellas in like me driving on. And, you know, if, you, if you're going up two or three times a week to training and you have... 15, 16 guys above a training and that's when fellas are away at college and then at the weekends obviously you have a bigger number again when they're back it 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 entices you to stick at it as long as you can and the body feels okay for now so we'll see we'll we'll, we'll drive on for another year anyway She's fair play to you that's, uh, that's some uh, long period of service for the seniors I don't think I could have managed it no but uh, before we get on to the Kerry senior men's team who were obviously in action last weekend and they're playing this weekend as well coming uh, the Kerry ladies, uh, they lost to Cork last weekend. Now, the game didn't really matter a whole pile to them. As we know, they're already qualified. Maybe the biggest news in the women's game, locally anyway, in the past week or so, was the fact that Paris McCarthy and Julia Sullivan have joined uh, the Sydney Swans in the AFLW. 
Um, it's a massive, well, achievement for them anyway, first of all, I suppose, a great opportunity for them. And obviously, Sean, I think everyone in Kerry GA and LGFA will be wishing them all the best. Absolutely. Yeah, obviously, look, first of all, congratulations to the two girls when you were offered an opportunity like that to go to a country like Australia to play in a, in a, in a sport like that. Um, you Look, especially when they're so young. I'm not quite sure what age Julie is, but I know Paris is only about 19. Um, and she's she's already away. She's over in the States, isn't she, playing Division One basketball? Yep. I think it's with um, East Tennessee State University. And she's making headlines over there. And she's represented Ireland at many different levels in basketball on the way up. So, obviously, first of all, congratulations to both of them. Great opportunity. Of course, it's a huge loss to Kerry Ladies Football. It's a huge loss to to Declan Quill and 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 Dara Long in in terms of you know where they want to go with their their team. Um, but I'm sure the two lads wish the girls the very best. It's an opportunity they couldn't turn down. Um, it's that time of the year, isn't it, Adam? Where the 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 the, the ladies AFL clubs are scouting. They are bringing people over. Like the two girls are only just a handful. I see. Carlton signed um, um, young Finn girl, Dana Finn from Mayo. She's going over uh, to Carlton, as is Irone Fitzpatrick from Leash. You know, they're 22 and 23, respectively. They're gone over, and I know Brisbane have taken over um, Jennifer Dunn from Dublin and uh, Jennifer Higgins from Roscommon. Jennifer Higgins also represented Ireland at basketball. So it's that time of the year where I suppose. The, the the ladies national leagues have been up and running. They're coming to their conclusion now. Obviously, Kerry have one more game to play. It's a dress rehearsal against Galway for the final. So again, there'll probably be a lot of shadow boxing in that. But obviously, the scouts have been, you know, keeping a close eye on these games. I know Paris, uh, obviously, McCarthy didn't play much with the Kerry ladies this year. In fact, I don't think did Julie either. I'm not 100. No, I don't sure. think I don't think they played. Yeah, so they must have known something was coming down the line. Obviously. Obviously, Paris is away, but it, they 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 must have known something was coming. So, but you know, the, it's it's obvious that the the um the clubs in Australia do keep a close eye on the league action in 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 Ireland when when the ladies are back up and running. So, yeah, there's a speed them gone over, and it's it's uh it's 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 so common now with the girls going over, and they've been so successful as well. So, the best to look to them, they'll be a loss to carry football, but we we wish them the very best. Absolutely, absolutely. So listen, uh, the men's team were in action last Saturday night against Roscommon. It was a match that they had to win. Jack O'Connor described it as a patchy, a patchy performance. Would you go along with that? I would really like, and and I suppose in it, if you wanted it, if you ever wanted a game to sum up Kerry's league, Adam, it was it was Saturday night. It was it was so indifferent, like and exactly as Jack said, it was patchy. But our league overall has been patchy. Really, it's been up and down. You know, I mean, we showed in the first, you know half an hour what we're capable of even in the first five minutes I mean we were one two to no score up after six minutes um, and watching it we looked like we were really buzzing you know we looked like a team who had suffered a bad defeat up in Tyrone wanted to really really put down a marker at home in front of our own fans against a Roscommon team who have had a very good league albeit after a good start they've kind of fallen fallen by the wayside in the last couple of games but we were just moving it very well, Adam. We were, you know, we were moving the ball quick. Our passing was excellent. Our backs were really on top of their men. Our forwards were moving well. Roscommon weren't. They were trying to get men behind the ball, but we were moving the ball so quickly that they weren't able to get back into position. We really, really, we were playing heads up, go forward football, typified by the goal, you know, really typified by the goal. I mean, Tony Brosnan's pass, you know, I mean, you that that would that was worth the entrance fee alone. My God, what what a ball! And you know, what a player to pick out as well. But as an inside forward, that's the type of ball you you absolutely you know die for. It's a fantastic pass by Tony. Great vision, perfectly weighted. Um, David obviously made the little run where he lost his man for that split second. That's all he needs. And once he got the ball in his hands at the corner of the small square, you knew where it was going. You know, into the bottom corner. Great finish. So I think when we got that early start, I suppose people maybe expected that we'd push on and really hammer home and, and 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 really push on our advantage. After 27 minutes, we were one six to two points up and and really you know in control. But I suppose just before half time, we allowed Ross Common to get a few scores on the board, and we went in. Was it one seven to five up? You know, still a five point lead still in control but it was just that third quarter which I know you you want to touch on 
we just came out after half time and I just felt we were a little bit off with I don't know what you what you felt about the third quarter. Yeah, there was it was just flat. The, the first half there was a lot of energy. You could see, as you said, there was a reaction to the week before, as we have seen already this season, there was a reaction to a match, you know, the Mayo match to the Armagh match. And like you said, they were recycling the ball very fast. It was all with intent, it was all very purposeful. The second half then it was just a lack of energy. It was the opposite. It was Bad decisions were being made. There were three turnovers in the first 10 minutes of the second half. And it was just very uncharacteristic of the guys who turned turned the ball over. First of all, you had Tom Sullivan put in the skyscraper across the box. It was a hospital pass for David Clifford. I think he was actually looking for Ty Morley. If you watch the video back, Ty puts the hand up at the back post because he wants to go by. So I don't know. It was a bit ambitious either way. Um, but that turned out to be a turnover and a score for Common. You had... Paul Murphy had a hand pass that went loose and Ross Common went up and scored straight off it. Yep. You had Shane Ryan had an unchallenged kick from his hands out to the sideline to Graham Sullivan, went out over the line. That yep. resulted in Ross Common point. And then Graham Sullivan had, had the black card, which was just like, he'll know himself it was a bad decision. Like he just, he kind of, I think he gave the ball away initially and then he kind of maybe was a bit frustrated with himself. You could kind of see it and then he stepped in just shoulder to shoulder and it was it was just that kind of attack that it was, it, there was nothing in it really, but it, the letter of the law was a black card. And it just gave Roscommon oxygen, which it like yeah. being down five points at half time, all of a sudden they had a chance to score three points in a row and Gary had to go and win the match all over again. Yeah, exactly. And it was just our sloppiness really and, and those those turnovers that you point to compounded in by Graham's black card. The one thing I will say is that the positive side was that when Graham went off, we outscored Roscommon two points to one, which, you know, two points to one mightn't sound a whole pile, but in 10 minutes of football, when you're down a man on the pitch, that's that's a good return. That is a good return. And it showed that we, in fairness, we've got leaders out there. Fellas obviously had a chat with themselves, realised that we were down a man and we just needed to batten down the hatches here and just start um, mining the ball a bit better and making better decisions, which we weren't doing at the start of the half. So to South score them two points to one and steady the ship while Graham was gone off was really, really good. And I think Jack and the management will be very positive with that. The other positive thing is, is that we had eight different scorers, you know. I mean, we're often banded as this one-man team with David, you know. Um, but to have eight different scorers the last night, albeit Shawnee Shea, it is from freeze, which still need to be kicked. That's, that's, that's a good return as well. You know, Tom Sullivan got up for his customary score. Um, Tony Brosnan got a score. Don O'Sullivan got some very good scores in the first half. David obviously chipped in with his. Paddy Clifford, I thought, had a better game at him. I thought he looked more like himself the last night. Um, so look, overall, absolutely, the bottom line was we needed the two points. That was it. We just needed the two points by hook or by crook. If we want to delve deeper into it and see did we make improvements, I think there definitely was. We definitely played with a bit more zip, particularly in the first half. But without a doubt, we're still nowhere near the team from last year but I've no fear that we will get there we will get there um, I know we're going to talk about the permutations about the league soon obviously we have Galway I'd love a league final I really would I know Jack is saying no but I think a league final would do this team the world good to be honest but look we'll, we'll chat about that soon we've been speaking about referees a lot recently and it's been in the news a lot about the standard of officiating uh, in the league so far David Clifford got a yellow card uh, in the first half of the game, the last day, I thought first viewing that it was it was a very harsh. Having seen it back, it was a ridiculous yellow card. It was he went to play the ball, the Ross Cameron guy swung around and went down holding his face. Um, what did you make of that incident? Yeah, look, I suppose first of all, you know, David, that was David's fourth yellow card in four games, was it for himself? Yeah. And look, for all his for all his talent, David does have um I, I won't say he's got a, a dirty streak by any matter of means. He's well able to look after himself, but I suppose he does maybe sometimes play on the edge a little bit. He's a bit loose with the tackle sometimes. He is. He yeah. is without a doubt. I mean, he can't be good at everything. Let's <laughs> <laughs> let's let's put that let's put that one to bed. But the last night was there was absolutely no way that does. I don't even think that was a free. I mean, uh, I can't recall the Ross Common guy, the centre forward, um, tall guy. He was taken off anyway. But, I mean, he threw himself back. I and mean, Look, we could do another call about the play acting at the moment in, in, in the game, Adam. But David just put his hand in to try and get the ball and your man made a complete meal of it. I, I, I don't think 
you know, the referee's positioning. Was he behind the player to the side of the play? Maybe he just saw that, that it was a, 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 it was an aggressive hand by David. Of course it was. But by absolutely no means was it, I don't think, A, it was a free, B, certainly not a yellow card at all. So I think David can feel himself hardly hard done by on that one. But uh, poor from the ref. You know, the linesman would have been facing it straight in. You know, is there is there... Is there a lack of communication between officials during games, I think? And I know you don't want the game held up for referees and linesmen and umpires to be talking about every little incident. But I mean, when it's something as clear-cut as that, you know, the linesmen would have been facing it on the dug outside over in Stack Park. You know, he surely could have said to the ref, look, and I know things happen at a million miles an hour, but he could have surely said there, look, I, I think that's maybe a free, but certainly not a caution. But anyway... We, uh, we 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 moved on and David kept his head for the rest of the game and didn't even affect him. Yeah, I think he might have just have a reputation now of being that kind of tackler. Do you know? And I think they probably preceded him in that in that instance. It was a case of, oh, David Clifford's coming in here. He sometimes does this. You know, there's sometimes yeah. a high hand or something. His hand might slip up or you know he kind of goes over the top a little time with it, or sometimes with his tackles. Maybe this is another one of those cases, and it just wasn't the case in this particular instance anyway. No, and 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 look, the Roscommon guy didn't help his case at all, you know, with his reaction. Um, but look again, as I say, that's that's creeping into the game a little bit. I know that it's been a bone of contention on social media there the last couple of weeks about the play acting. I think there was was there another incident above in the Donegal Mayo game where somebody was it a was it a, a Donegal defender or somebody threw himself down, and there was an incident with Connor Cox actually in the Roscommon. Uh, who did Roscommon play the previous week? Mayo, wasn't it? Mayo, yeah, Mayo. There was an incident there, so it it, it is creeping. It is creeping in, and I, I just hope it stops because it's it's not it's not part of our game. It just doesn't look good, you know. Do you think Roscommon had claims for a penalty at the very end? I haven't seen it back, to be honest with you, Adam. And I don't think there was an angle from behind the goals, was there? Because I think that would have been the angle that would have really made up my mind for me. I I I have to say my my. I did, I did, you know, I did stop for a second and put my hands to my head thinking, oh God, are we going to give away a penalty here? I think it was Jack Barry, was it? Yeah, it was um, Rory Murphy and Jack Barry were both coming there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, looking at the angle that you see it on TV, you probably would say no, that it was just maybe a kind of a coming together and it would have been a brave ref to call it. But I, I, I don't, I, it was, it was, it was. It was a tight one, like it was a tight one. As I say, it would have been brave on the ref to call that at home and truly <laughs> the last week of the game. But thankfully he didn't. But uh, it just goes to show you, Kerry were out the gap and one small little error of judgment could have cost them a point which they really needed. So um, thankfully, we, if it's one we got away with, we'll take it at them. Because in fairness, we haven't had a whole pile of looks during the league, so we'll, we'll take that one. That's true, yeah. I, I don't think the footage is conclusive. You're right, I think... My first, like my initial reaction was the same as yours. It was, yeah. geez, that could be given. But mm. seeing it back, I seen fellas online saying that it was blatant, and I don't think it was blatant at all by the footage. Anyway, I think, I think he picked up the ball, and it was momentum carried him into maybe Jack Barry's leg. Yeah. Um, and I think any fella probably go over in that situation. Like, there's no question that he dived or anything, but it was kind of you know, I think it was just momentum and and a, and a coming together. And like you said, Kerry got the rub of the green, so so we'll take it. Yeah, we'll go with that, Adam. We'll go with that explanation. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Yeah, so we, we might look at um, the player ratings yep. that uh, the fans submitted after the Roscommon match. This comes from my, my own Twitter account. I put up a link there after yep. every match. And, uh, this will be interesting now to see this, yeah. So I, I just run through it there for, the, for those people listening on Spotify. So starting off in goal, Shane Ryan, 6.7. Full backline, Graham O'Sullivan, 6.5. Jason Foley, 7. Tom O'Sullivan, 7.5. Half backline, Paul Murphy, 6.7. Tyg Morley, 6.4. And then the man of the match, Gavin White, 8.2 on his return from injury. Midfield, Jack Barry, 6.5. Barry Dan O'Sullivan, 6.7. Half forward line, Darren Moynan, 6.6. Shawnee O'Shea, 6.4. And Paulie Clifford, 6.7. And then the full forward line, Tony Braston 7.2, David Clifford 7.4, and Donald O'Sullivan 7. The best carry sub, according to the supporters, was Killing Spillane, who got a rating of 6.7 out of 10. Jack O'Connor got a rating of 7.0 for his efforts on the sideline. 
And then the best most common player according to Kerry fans was a man from Kerry himself, Connor Cox, who got 50 percent of the vote. Any of those ratings jumping out to you, Sean? Yeah, obviously, look, before we get to the obvious one, the man of the match, I think um, Jason Foley, again, has been very, very consistent, Adam. You know, I know, look, we've had some poor defeats in the league, um, but I think Jason can be very happy with his league. Um, he's just growing and growing and growing every year with Kerry. As I said, the last time we did these ratings, you know, he's your he's your number three now, and that's it. He's he's, he's the linchpin there of your defence, and he's just really, really good. Um, he's just got that great burst of pace and that... That, that that you know that that in you know that real tigerish and defender's ability to be there with his man and if he doesn't win the ball he's there right next to him making it very difficult so he's had a very good league Tom Sullivan stands out again you know just you know I know he he had that turnover we spoke about that crossfield ball which probably wasn't done but other than that Tom is just really safe on the ball um very good defender and and drives forward kicks his score um, up on the other side, yeah, I suppose, look, the, the, the half-forward line, all average, and they're around 6, you know, Pawdy 6.7, Shawnee 6.4, Dara 6.6, and they probably didn't set the world alight in terms of scoring, you know, um, but they got through a pile of work, a pile of work. Dara Minahan, I think now is probably, you know, he's, he's I suppose he's the front-runner for that number 10 jersey. I know we got good news there from, from Jack earlier, or after the game that Stephen O'Brien is, is is coming back doing his own individual training. So hopefully he's on the road to recovery. But I think Dara's probably ahead there in terms of getting his hands on that that number 10 jersey. Shawnee had a quite enough game by his standards, but again, got through a pile of work. And I thought, as I said, Pawdy was looking back to himself, you know, worked fierce hard, was back defending and driving us up the field as well uh, when he could. Uh, the inside line all played well, I thought. I thought it was a good night for Donald Sullivan. You know, he probably faded in the second half, worked very hard in the first half, got some good scores, probably should have got another one. He took a good mark and usually would, you know, you back Donald to kick that one, but he just pulled it to the left and wide. So he could have got another score next to his name, you know. But I mean, if you wanted any big bonus or plus out of the night, um, Adam, it's, it's, it, it was our number seven. Um, you know, I'd heard Gavin played a couple of... Um, did he play a half for Crokes in the East Kerry Super League just to get a bit of game time? I thought, geez, you know, that's, you know, that's great news. Um, and then for him to be thrown in um, against Ross Common the other night, he was just fantastic. You know, it was like he was never away. And he's, he's, it's, I think he shows how important he is to that Kerry defence and to the whole team, really. He's just a driving force. He's an absolute nightmare to mark. Like, I was a wing forward in my day and my God, I'd... I'd my stomach would be churning, marking someone like Gavin White. Uh, you know, drove up the field, just was involved in every everything good we did. Um, and like that's for a man who's just back, you know, his first game back. So great to have him back. It was a big plus. Another plus was Dermot O'Connor coming off the bench. I know he didn't get a lot of game time the last night, but he looked good. Anything he did was good. Um, I agree with our with your with your um with your Twitter followers, uh, Adam Killian's plan for me was our best sub. It looked very sharp. I'm surprised, you know, I might get your opinion on this. I'm surprised he hasn't seen more game time in the league, Killian. Um, he, he looked extremely sharp when he came on the last night, kicked a great score. Um, what do you think? I, I don't know. Obviously, look, we we're not privy to what's going on at training, but he looked very, very good the last time when he came in. Yeah, I'd be a big fan of his, and I think a lot of Kerry supporters would be big fans of his as well, just because. Whenever he does play, he seems to have an impact. I think what happened earlier on in the year, he played in the McGrath Cup and he started against Donegal as well, and it didn't really go well for him. The Donegal game, especially, kind of, I don't know, it just didn't fall for him, would say, on the day. And like, we know how good a shooter he is and how deadly he can be. And I, he just looked a bit low on confidence for some reason. Maybe it just hadn't been going for him for, for a number of weeks. And I wasn't that surprised that he was taken out of the team. But I agree with you that he, like, he's definitely a weapon. If you can get him on any kind of form, like he's he's guaranteed to score nearly when he comes on. Yeah, and I think look maybe as well what we have to remember here is, and I think you've heard a lot of it recently, especially again just going back to the Irish rugby team about your finishers. You know that uh, what was that famous term the that documentary about the South African team that won the Rugby World Cup chasing the sun, I think it was called, where they called their guys coming off the bench the bomb squad. You know the finishers, Eddie Jones called the the his his English replacements 
you need a good bench like you need a really really effective bench and to have someone like Killian Splam coming off the bench late in the game we saw it in the All-Ireland final against Dublin a few years ago you know to have that type of guy coming off your bench now Killian won't want to be a, a, a sub absolutely not nobody does but Jack and his management team have to be able to look to their squad and their bench as well because as we all know now it's it's a, it's a 20, 21, 22 man game and uh you have to have those potent finishers coming off the bench, and maybe that's a role that Killian Spillane is going to is going to uh, fill for us this season. But it was great to see him looking so sharp the last night. I was really happy for him. So hopefully now he's on an upward curve, and and uh, you never know. Does he get the start above against Galway? Possibly if we make a league final. You know who knows. So maybe going from having an indifferent start to the season, all of a sudden you're coming to championship with an informed Killian Spillane be a great place to be, you know. You mentioned Paulie Clifford there. I think he deserves a mention because things had been going great for him in the last couple of matches. He was just a bit quieter than he usually is. And as we know from the last two years, Kerry need Paulie Clifford getting on as much ball as possible. He's he's our main playmaker. You know, he makes things happen. He didn't do actually loads of that the last night. But what he did is he got involved away from the ball and kind of cutting balls out and making tackles and I think he kind of needed a game like that where he had a couple of big plays to kind of get him back in back in the swing of things. He kicked a very important a very important point because that was just after the black card and Ross Common had just scored three points in a row. So Kerry needed a score and it barely went over. I think if that dropped short, it would have been actually a bit of a killer for Paulie, but it dropped over the bar. And um hopefully that gives him a bit of confidence now because as I said, like Kerry aren't the same team if Paulie's not not ticking um or if he's not playing well. Yeah, I, I actually gave a little fist pump when I saw that going over number one. From from a team point of view, as you said, it was an important score and Kerry needed it, but two was for himself, you know. And I think sometimes, uh, Adam, if you came off the back of a few, I won't say bad games, there was no, like, Paddy didn't stink the place out, you know. It's just mm-hmm. his high standards, he wasn't playing the way we, we've seen him over the last 18 months, for instance, you know. I mean, he's an all-star, you know. You know so, look, he, he, he'll come good. But I think what he focused on the last night and you're dead right was he got back to doing the little things and the simple things and he was doing them well and you can't you have to learn to walk before you can run so he can't just go into a game and all of a sudden click his fingers and start doing those big plays as you spoke about he got on his ball he left it go he worked hard for the team he got back and cut out made some interceptions and all of a sudden those little things he was doing well was building his own confidence he was able to go up and kick his score so hopefully now he can build on from that as well. But he he just did the, the small things right first. And when you do them cumulatively then and they build and build, that's when your confidence comes back. So good for Paddy, yeah. Good for him and good for, for Kerry, yeah. What did you make of Conor Cox's performance last night? He was voted as Ross Common's best player there by, by the Kerry supporters. Um, did he impress you? Connors, yeah, he did. He did. Connors a very, very good player. Um, you know, look, for whatever reason, never got in there with the Kerry seniors over a sustained period. I know he was probably in on a few training panels, maybe on the outskirts of the panel a couple of seasons. Never worked out for him. Um, obviously decided to 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 move. He, he moved up to, to Roscommon to play his football and has gone from strength to strength. Very good player. Excellent kicker. Um, I probably lacks a small yard of pace, I, I would think, for the inter-county game to be a real, real potent um, player over a consistent period, I would say. But I mean, if you get the ball into his hands around the top of the D, Adam, it's it's going over the bar. He's an excellent place kicker. Saw him for years with Lestole. You know, uh, you know, you'd pick up the paper and you'd look at the Lestole limits game when they were, you know, county league or championship, and you know he was averaging six, seven, eight, nine, sometimes ten points a game, a lot from place balls as well. So he's a really, really good place ball kicker. So. No surprise that he was voted their best player last night. I think that he ended up with, uh, he got six points, four frees, one mark and one from play. So like he's, you know, he's got a good spread. Um, and I would think that, you know, when 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 um, it's Davy Burke, isn't this is the manager, when, yeah. when he's picking his championship team, you know, Cox, Cox will be in it. I mean, you need, Russ Common would need a scoring forward like that, whether it's from play or place ball. So, um I was happy for Connor that he played well the last night, but that he he left Tralee with with no points in in his back pocket. But uh, always a very good player, Connor. Yeah, so so the best look to him. Yeah, it was interesting to see it. I thought um, there was no questioning his allegiances anyway. He was getting really stuck into the Kerry boys, and he wasn't backing out. There was no 
shaking hands during the match or there was no winks or anything like that. It was all it was all go. Yeah, and the fact as well, I suppose, being a stone man, he was being mapped by a, a belly Dunhu man in, in Jason Foley, so they had a good battle. So I'm sure they've they've seen each other in North Kerry Championship before, so no no strangers. It was interesting after the match, David Clifford uh, was being interviewed by TG Carr and he was asked about, uh, I suppose, the pattern of playing matches and defensive systems and all the rest of it. He said that uh, it's not often you see David or, or any of the Kerry players talk about this kind of stuff. But he mentioned the fact that, you know, teams are getting 15 behind the ball and it's kind of we're seeing the same thing every week and it makes it difficult. And I wouldn't say he was complaining about it as such, but he was just kind of stating a fact that that's, that's how it is and you have to work around it. It has something that it's something that struck me all right in carry matches so far and, and just watching matches as a neutral as well. Obviously getting everyone behind the ball isn't a new thing. We've seen it for, for, for years, but it does it does wear on you. If you're watching a lot of football and you're seeing the same thing, everyone behind the ball, you're seeing for example, Kerry, who are a good footballing team of good players, having to work the ball around and around and around, as we saw Dublin have to do, you know, down through the years as well. It does get very frustrating, it does get grating and at the end of the day, like no one was back in South Park the last day, with all due respect, to see whoever was playing wing back for Ross Common or whoever was even playing cornerback for, for Kerry to an extent as well. You know, they're, they're there to see David Clifford, you know, they're there to see the scorers. And you no know, different when Dublin are playing, they're there to see Conor Callan and whoever else. So, can anything be done about it in the short term? Probably not. But as a, as a fan watching matches, do you find it grating? Yeah, it is. It's like Groundhog Day, really, to be honest. I'm watching a lot of games. Um... But unfortunately, that's the way the game is. That's the way the game is. I know David alluded to it in a, another interview, was it maybe last year, where he was asked the same question about, you know, coming up against double teams and, 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 and defensive teams and being double marked. And he said he finds it a challenge, but a challenge that he's embracing, how they work in training is how to, you know, free themselves up from this defensive um, setup that they're faced against. Or if he's double marked, how does he deal with that? And obviously he made his comments last night about how it's it is the modern game. Um you know it's it it can be very difficult to watch. Yes, I know a lot of people like it in terms of like it's it's a game of chess and it's it's how you break it down. We saw it, I suppose, to a real, real dour extent against Armagh, where Kerry had to be ultra patient. I don't think it was as bad the last night against Roscommon. I, I really don't. And I felt that actually if Kerry had kept up the momentum of the first half and continued with the pace and with the kick passing they were doing, that they could have opened Ross coming up a lot more and a lot quicker. But against Armagh, it was it was crazy stuff. I mean, it was we were given every kick out and and basically told, well, if you want to break us down, you'll have to work it from your own twenty-one yard line all the way down to us and see can you break through. And that's a real conundrum. That can be really really tough. Um. But I just wonder, and actually this is a, I, I was listening to Off the Ball during the week and Paul Galvin was on it. And um, I know you did a very good interview with Paul yourself, um, Adam, for the advertiser. I read it. It was excellent. And I thought Paul made a very, very good point in that it could be the year where uh, catch and kick can suit some teams. And, and he made a very good point in that defenders now are so used in training to, you know, uh, uh, I suppose defending as a you know as a as a um, as a as a unit you know and, and dropping deep and double teaming and protecting their D and so on that you know the catch and kick if you do it fast and from the right areas could catch a lot of defenders out because they're not used anymore to defending in one on one situations or they're not used to defending at corner forward in space who's running out into space and you know driving onto a ball and taking you on one on one and I thought his point was very good that. The likes of Mayo, Kerry, Dublin, teams who can really, really hurt you because they've got very, very good inside forwards. The likes of the David Cliffords, the Conor Callahans, the Aidan O'Shea's now from Mayo, real focal points of your attack. If you can get your head up and play that catch and kick game with a bit of pace and a bit of intensity and a bit of real direction, you could catch defences out. Now it's it's trying to do it fast uh, is your problem. Obviously, teams are if they're going to allow you to kick out and drop back, then it's very, very difficult. But if the opportunity is there to do it in games, then those teams that I just mentioned, the Mayos, the Kerrys, the Dublins, they can hurt you because they've got the guys inside. But it's difficult to find the time and space to do that when, when you've got 
13, 14 in behind the ball. I suppose the problem as well is that the fellas on the attacking side of the ball have been conditioned not to do that, not to kick the ball in. They're conditioned to keep the ball. So it would take a it'd take a brave management team and a, a brave set of footballers to, to try that, wouldn't it? It would. And that's the thing. Like, are we are we coaching our players to mind the ball, mind the ball, keep the ball, you know, you know, shift it down one side of the field, go down that corridor, come back out if it's not on, let's get let's change the focal point of the attack. Absolutely. And sure, there was me and you going on about Tom Sullivan trying to cross field ball and it going astray. But I wonder sometimes, do you have to, you know, do you have to err on the side of is the reward bigger than the risk, you know? And so what if it doesn't come off? You know, it's that one time that it will come off that David Clifford catches the ball over his head and gets his mark or comes down and takes on his man and buries it to the back of the net. That could be the winning of the game for you. Look, go back to the All Ireland final against Galway where we drove in two or three into him. And he went up and caught them as marks. So they were brilliant scores, you know, huge scores in an All Ireland final. We backed, we we first of all we backed our kicker. I think it was could have been Graham Sullivan on occasion, yeah. Ty Morley maybe, and we backed David or whoever is in there to go up and catch the ball over his head. If David hadn't caught that ball against Galway and it broke down, so where is it breaking down? It's breaking down the top of your D or the top of the opposition D. They still have to work the ball all the way back up the field. Surely you can get your defensive structures in place get fellas tracking back so you don't have to always you know keep the ball safe sometimes the reward could outweigh the risk but as you said it'll take a brave manager to, to try that especially in a big big game and you know you spotted as well um, when Tony Braston played that ball into Clifford last day just watching the replays back Cliffy's trying to he's trying to call Tony he keeps trying to talk, call him and call him to like say well done to make sure that he got yeah. positive affirmation for doing that you know exactly. but that's slightly different because it was it was a kind of backdoor pass that was slightly different. It wasn't just a lump, lump the ball in top of him. But David Clifford obviously wants the ball coming into him. Like, you know, obviously, if he's been double marked, it's difficult. But he, every now and then, there's no harm in doing it. Yeah, but that, that, that move, Adam, was the, it was like the perfect storm. It was like the perfect storm. And you don't see that, as you don't, you don't see that often enough now in games. It was the perfect storm of Tony Brosnan playing head-up football out around the 45-yard line, maybe inside it. Obviously, a really skillful player with a fantastic array of skills and, and, and set of abilities. But it also was the, the movement of David inside. Like, there's no doubt about it that when Tony got that ball in his hands, David's marker was right next to him. But the movement of David to paint one way and double back the other, knowing that Tony was just going to hit that ball right into space, that's, you can't coach that. I mean, you can work on that in training, but I mean, you need a real skillful kicker out the field and you need a guy with insane movement inside. Kerry have loads of that. Kerry have absolutely loads of that. They have Tony Brosnan out the field who can play that type of ball. They have Shawnee Shea can play that type of ball. Tom Sullivan can play it. And inside they have the likes of David. They have Donald Sullivan is a very good mover. Um, Paul Ganey's back. Killian Spillane is a great guy to get away from a man. So it's just how often during a game can we find those little moments against a packed defence where you can create those small avenues of space. And when you do, you know, going for the jugular, if Tony Brosnan's ball had been intercepted, the crowd would have probably groaned. Jack might have groaned, maybe. But you know what? He tried it. He tried it. And if Ross Common had intercepted it, they were in front of their own goals and they still had to work it out. So I think we should try that more often and, and maybe just trot the shackles a little bit and go for it, you know? Yeah, I think there's happy medium there, all right. Um, so anyway, look, Kerry got the win, which leaves him in an interesting position. I'll just bring up the results from last weekend. Obviously, Kerry got the win against Ross Common. Uh, they won that game by one twelve to twelve points. Armagh Galway. So Armagh won six. Galway won eight. Uh, Galway got a late goal there to win that game. Mayo put up a big enough score against Donegal. That obviously means that they're qualified for the final. And then Monaghan against Tyrone. Tyrone put up a big score against Monaghan. I watched some of that match. I thought Tyrone were, or Monaghan were pretty poor now, I have to say. Um, so those results uh, leave the table looking like this. Mayo on top with 10 points there in the final, guaranteed. Then you have Galway on 8. Kerry, Tyrone and Roscommon are all on 6. Armagh on 5. Monaghan are currently in the relegation zone on 4. And Donegal are bottom of the table with three points 
they are like mathematically they're not done, but they need a yeah. they, they need a, a crazy you know turn of events to stay up. They need to put up a massive score themselves as well, um, which which doesn't look likely. So look, we'll look at the fixtures for this weekend as well. So you have Kerry playing Galway away up in up in Salt Hill, Mayo against Monaghan, Ross Common against Donegal, and Tyrone against Armagh. All those matches are run at one forty-five on Sunday. The Kerry match is being shown live on TG Car, and TG Car will have live pictures from the other games, um, just the main events as they happen. So, if we just look at the table again, and we talk about the permutations. I put up a tweet there, and I'm going to have to read it myself because I'm going to get it wrong. Otherwise, if I try to do that off my head, there's there's so much going on. If Kerry beat Galway, they will qualify for the league final but only if Tyrone and Roscommon both fail to win. If Tyrone and or Roscommon also win, there will be a three-way or four-way tie for second, then it will come down to points difference. So, Galway are currently on plus 10, Kerry are on plus 4, and Roscommon and Tyrone are on plus 1 each. To break it down to the simplest terms possible, you would have to probably assume that one or both of Tyrone and Roscommon will win I would think one of them will, will, will surely win in that case it'll be a three way tie so it'll go to points difference at the moment uh, Galway are ahead but if Kerry were to win by three points for example they will go to plus seven they would bring Galway down to seven so they'd be level Kerry would then go ahead of Galway uh, on points four Kerry have scored more points four and that's the next deciding factor in that event if they were to get to plus seven, then Tyrone or Roscommon would have to win by six points or more to overtake Kerry. Yeah. So it's a bit convoluted. It's complicated. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Relegation then, like Kerry actually can still technically get relegated, but again, it'd take a massive turn of events. They'd need to lose to Galway. Manon would have to beat Mayo. Armagh would have to win or draw. And at least one other team, apart from Kerry and Manon, would also need to finish on six points. Kerry's superior points difference gives them an advantage here. So it's it's basically, it's not going to happen. Kerry aren't going to get relegated at this stage. It would be a complete free call together if that happened. They're much more likely to get to a final. But I don't know, Sean, looking at that table and listening to those permutations, how do you see it playing out the next day? Oh, God, Adam. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, 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 it's confusing. Um, <laughs> look, I think if Kerry... Kerry just have to go and try and win the game in Galway. Look, uh, that's 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 the first thing. Um, I'd I'd still be good mates with Dermot Murphy, and I text him after the the game to congratulate him, and I asked him what what in his head are the permutations, and I think what he said something to me was like they they need to beat Galway by four points to make the final for definite, unless Ross Common or Tyrone really cut loose altogether and win by big big scores. So that is that basically Adam what what we're looking at there. Yeah, so a three-point win over Galway will see Kerry finish ahead of Galway, guaranteed. Yes. Yes. So then it comes down to Tyrone or Roscommon winning by six or more, basically. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Tyrone are playing Armagh, right? And Armagh need points to avoid relegation. So, And that's always, I know it's on a normal, but Tyrone, Armagh, that's, that's a real big derby. So I don't think there's going to be much in that. Tyrone seem to have hit a, a good purple patch. Now, we've got to take the Monaghan game into account here. I think Monaghan had two... Red cards, are they? Uh, at some stage, was it? Black yeah, cards. two reds. They were down two anyway, so we got to take that into account and Monaghan haven't been going great. So I think that's going to be very tight between Tyrone and Armagh. I think Tyrone might beat Armagh, but not by a lot. The other one we're looking at then is the Roscommon-Donegal game. Now, Donegal are going badly and Roscommon will want to finish. They're at home in the hide. They want to finish well, especially after losing down in Kerry and they've lost the last couple of games. As I said, especially after a good start where they won their first three. So they'll want to finish well. So I could see Ross Common beating Donegal. Now, will they win by six points? That's the question, you know. But I think underneath, under under all this, really, Adam, Kerry have to go and try and win the game in Galway. And, you know, if you have been, you know, I know Galway, a draw will do Galway, wouldn't it, to get to the final? Yeah. Um, you, can't, you can't manufacture a draw uh, in Gaelic football. You just can't. Um. I think Kerry will go up and I think they'll just go to win the game and see where it takes them. Because, as you said, there's a very, very slim, slim, slim possibility that they could get relegated. They'd want an awful 
turn of results altogether to go against them, which fancy happening. But to put all that out of the equation, you go and win your football match. You go and win the game. Then, if the look is on their side, they'll sneak into a final. Um, but try and win the game anyway. I think they'll go up and beat Galway, personally. Um, Galway have had a catchy enough league. They've, they've won three and drawn two out of their six games, last one. I think they're beatable. I think it'll be a good open game of football up there. Conditions will tell a lot. Salt Hill is always very, very wide open right next to the sea. If it's a windy day, it could be a game of two halves. But I think Kerry now will want to go and back up the... We've never really backed up a performance. You know, We haven't backed up a performance in the league yet. So we got a decent enough performance in Tralee Saturday night. Let's go up to Galway, back it up. Let's get a good win. If that's enough to take us to a final, so be it. I think it'd be great to get a National League final against Mayo. We'd be up in Croke Park again. We have a bit of a break to the Munster Championship. It would be another opportunity for our fellas back from injury to get a really, really good game against a good Mayo team. But first things first, go up and put in a good performance above in Galway. If you get your win and you get to a final, so be it. If it if you get your win and you don't, it doesn't get you to a final, then fair enough. You've 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 maintained your status in Division 1 and you can sign off in the league with a good result up in Galway but try and go and win your game first and I think if Kerry can perform to their potential they will win the game will it be enough to get them to a final we'd have to wait and see we got a good question in there from Neil on Twitter he thinks that a, a league final would benefit Kerry like you said there and he said um, or he asked the question why is there a perception that Kerry don't want to get to a league final now there's people talking that um, or people saying that Kerry might be going on a camp uh, a holiday abroad and not a holiday a training camp abroad uh, in between the league and the championship um, maybe that's a focus for them maybe that'll be the kickstart of their season but can you see any way that Kerry aren't at the moment thinking about getting to a league final I think Jack has been a bit coy about it um, uh, Adam he, he he said after the win against Armagh when they picked up that win he kind of mentioned that oh, we don't ne- we don't need to get to a league final this year we just need to maintain our status Fair enough. He's probably they've probably done that now with their win in, in or against Roscommon the other night. That's the first I've heard about a potential training camp. Possibly could be happening. Um, so does that does that go into their line of thinking when it comes to the next day? Do they want to get to a league final and does that jeopardize this this camp they have lined up? I don't know. At the end of the day, you know, it's a national final. You know, it's the potential to get to a national final. The more times you play in Croke Park, Adam, the better. The more times you play against quality teams like Mayo, the better. So if they were to fall into a league final, I don't think they would be too disappointed. But at the same time, if they don't and they just maintain their status, they'll be quite happy. Our first ever podcast this year, myself, yourself and Barry John, we kind of said Kerry would be happy with a mid-table finish. If that's where they finish up, then they'll, they'll be quite happy. Uh, we got another question in from uh, Germanix on Instagram. Now, this is in relation to the, the structure of the league and feeding into the championship. It's a, it's a pretty big, um, that's a different kettle of fish that we might get into after the league is over because it is kind of complicated and maybe a bit convoluted. But um, he asks, should Division 1 finalists qualify for the All-Ireland quarterfinals directly? As I said, it's, it's, it's a tough one to talk about because there are so many layers to the, the structure this year and it's new to all of us. Just in brief, Sean, what do you make of the league feeding into the championship in the manner that it is? Do you think they've gone far enough with the with the the, the restructuring of the championship? No, I think it's good. I think it's good, Adam. Yeah, because um, your league is a your league is a brilliant competition. It's it's it's. Let's be honest about it. It's it's a better competition than the championship when you think about it in terms of a competitive point of view. I mean, the Division One. Look at it. I mean, we are here on the last day previewing the last day's games they're all on at the same time and there's something riding on every game do you know what I mean every team still playing on Sunday has something going for them or or they're trying to achieve something and they could still do it some teams have a slimmer chance than others of course but they're still all riding there's still something riding on every game that's what you want I remember playing the league was always always we used to look forward to it and that's why I'm saying Jack O'Connor used to love getting to a league final. Now, look, this year might be different coming off the back of an All-Ireland win. He might have other things going on in his head. But I think it's brilliant the way your standings in the league now are going to determine your, your championship um, standings. I think they, they need to kind of integrate both competitions because that league, 
the, the, the league games are fantastic and they're so, so competitive. Even down in Division 2, what a competitive division that is. Look at Louth. Louth have an opportunity to beat Dublin next weekend. They come up to Division 1. Mickey Hart took them over when they were in four. You know, it's, that could be a great story. Um, Derry are back up to Division 1 next year. So I think our league is a fantastic competition. And if we can integrate that with the championship, brilliant. You know, your, your, um, your Instagram uh, follower there that made the suggestion of having your two Division 1 finalists straight into quarterfinals. I, you know, I wouldn't be 100 million miles uh, away from disagreeing with that. It's another incentive, and it would give your league even more impetus to finish in those top two spots, and you're into a quarterfinal of the championship. Why not? Why not? They, they, I think they need to be looking at those things all the time, because your championship has gone a bit stale, and if you can do anything to really give that a little bit of energy and a bit of life, I'd be all for it. Yeah, I think it's not a bad idea. I think actually it might not go far enough. I think there should be more incentives to doing well in the league. It should be more based around the league. I think there should be more league matches and having that feed into the championship. I've been banging on about this for a while, but I, I think the provincial championships need to be, they need to be moved. They, they're, they're just not, they're not fit for purpose anymore. Like, you know, they're a byproduct of, or, of, you know, or they're from a bygone era really where teams were put together based on their geographical location rather than their ability you know there's no real reason why Kerry should be in a competition with with Waterford no, dis, no disrespect to Waterford but it just doesn't make any sense you know doesn't so sense, no. I definitely be in favour of shifting the provincials maybe even before the league play them up as separate competitions and then have your two actual functioning competitions feeding into each other in a meaningful way but maybe it's a discussion for for another day let's look ahead to the Galway match do you think Kerry will make any changes uh, between last week and this week? I wouldn't say a whole pile, um, Adam, um, who came off the bench that might, I suppose, yeah, look, I spoke about Killian Spillane. I think maybe Killian might get an opportunity. be very hard to drop one of those inside guys, though. Um, Donald O'Sullivan didn't do a whole pile wrong, kicked his couple of scores. Maybe, maybe Killian could slip in there. I think Tony Brosnan had a good evening. You know, obviously we're 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 on about his his assist to David. He kicked a good score himself. Maybe shooting boots weren't on hundred percent. So would Tony be under pressure? But you know, at this stage of the league, like we spoke about this earlier on when we first got together for the podcast, Adam, we kind of said that come the end of the league, Jack and the management would have be close enough to what they feel is their strongest fifteen. So if you're chopping and changing that constantly, you know what I mean? You're not really giving players a chance to settle. Um, will they Will they chance deal with O'Connor? Will they try him getting, getting more game time under his belt? Do they start him? Do they maybe bring him on at halftime or do they give him a little bit more time? That's one maybe to look at. In terms of the defence, I can't see that six changing for Galway, even that seven. Let's throw Shane Ryan in as well. I mean, Gavin is back. Tyg isn't going to come out of six. Paul Murphy is, seems to be settled there at five. I know Graham had a difficult evening the last night with the black car, but other than that, he did fine. Jason is very consistent and Tom. So I don't see the backs changing. The big two for me would be Diarmuid O'Connor and Killian Spillane. Would Diarmuid get game time somewhere in the middle of the field, either starting or coming on? And does Killian get a start inside in the full forward line? That they, for, two, for me, they would be the two really that I would, could see coming in. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if that first 15 got another crack at it the next day. Yeah, just to give it kind of an injury update there, Jack was saying the last day that Stephen O'Brien and Brino Bioglick are back in individual training. They're not back training with the team yet, so hopefully it won't be too long before, before we see them back in action. Unfortunately, Daryl Roach and Stefano Cumbar looks like it's, they're serious injuries is how Jack termed them. Uh, Daryl hurt his hand against Throne and uh, Stefan was a hamstring injury against Throne, I think it was. Stefan is a guy who's just has not been able to stay stay injury free for any period of time at all. And one of my followers there on Instagram, Stephen, he wonders maybe does he need a year with the club just to a different training load to get back into it because he drew comparisons with with Tommy Walsh when Tommy Walsh came back from Australia with injuries. Um, but I don't know, like Stefan had injuries when he was in Australia as well. So I don't know. You feel very bad for him, obviously, because. He showed flashes, I think, you know, of what he can offer this Kerry team. And it's just an awful blow for him. 
yeah, it was a big step forward for him against Armagh, and we were we were you know really happy for him after that. And then it just feels like another step back with with this hamstring injury. Sometimes you just get a run of it at him, unfortunately. Um, look, what I will say is he's still young. Um, yeah, your 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 uh, your follower makes a good point. Would it be worth him going back, getting a few bit of a run with the with Nigel in the county league? Um, maybe just get a bit of confidence back. I know a couple of players were released to play. County League on Sunday, um, guys that didn't get a whole pile of game time against Roscommon, fellas that didn't get any game time were released to play. Um, so maybe, maybe, yeah, it's just a pity for Stefan. Uh, Dara Roach, that's 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 a pity for him too. I know it's a, was it a wrist injury or something. He's he's had to get that um, he's had to get that sorted, so he's out as well. Paul Ganey is another one who's back as well, Adam. We he came on for a small brief period there against Roscommon. So again, depending on how far he's into his fitness regime and, and how he's moving at training he probably wouldn't start I would say but you could probably see him getting a bit more game time as well which is great um, and it's good news as well about Stephen and Brian particularly those two they're they're going to be they're going to be pivotal come championship you know um, so look it that's just I suppose it's it's just inter-county football you you lose two in in um, in Dara Roach and, and Stefan and then you have news that Stephen and Brian are on the way back it, it's just the way it is. Unfortunately, injuries are part and parcel of it, and it's 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 unfortunate for the lads. But um, their their loss is somebody else's opportunity, and unfortunately, when you've got huge competition in a panel like Kerry, you know it's 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 hard to say. But you know the management move on, players move on, and it's all about the next game. And the management will look at the forty players that they have fit, and they have to pick twenty six from it, and on you go. Let's just take a quick look at the Galway team that played against Armagh last weekend to give us an idea of how, how they're shaping up. So in goal, Conor Gleeson, full back line, John McGrath, Sean Kelly, Sean Fitzgerald. Half back line, Dylan McHugh, John Daly, Keen Hernan. Midfield, Paul Conroy and Paul Kelly. Half forward line, of Matthew Tierney, Johnny Heaney and John Maher. And then a full forward line, of Patrick Kelly, Shane Walsh and Carl Sweeney. Amongst the substitutes that came on for them were Robert Finnerty and Tamo Cullen. Some familiar names there, obviously, from last year's Ireland final. What I think is interesting about this match is the two key matchups. So going into last year's Ireland final, we asked the question, who's going to pick up Shane Walsh? Who's going to pick up David Clifford? In the end, it ended up being uh, Tom Sullivan and Shane Walsh and Sean Kelly and David Clifford. Shane Walsh and David Clifford cut wreck the two of them. They put up big scores. And that's not to criticise the two boys too much who are marking them because they're obviously great footballers. Will they get another cut of it? Yeah, I would say Kelly will have to go on on David. I I I couldn't see I couldn't see Patrick Joyce um, not 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 having the confidence in the likes of McGrath or Fitzgerald to do the job. Would he maybe try John Daly back there? I doubt it. I wouldn't. I don't think he'd want to take him out of six. So I think he'd probably give Kelly the opportunity. Now look, it's going to be a different day above in Salt Hill the next day, Adam. It's not going to be the dry sod that. Was above in Croke Park last July, you know. Um, so I think you know it could be a backstay down the other end. Um, I just wonder would 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 if Shane Walsh lines out at fourteen, would he give Jason Foley a crack at him? Jason is in a very very good league, like, um, and free Tom up, you know, to go and do his thing. Um, so I think that could be interesting. He might plump for Tom again, but I wouldn't be surprised if he backs. If Jack backs um, Jason Foley to pick up Shane Walsh, Shane Walsh is only back. Remember, he's he went away for a while after Kilmacud's um, exploits in the club championship. I think he went off to Dubai in Australia for a month. I listened to his; he did a an interview with the GA Social there recently. It was a good interview, actually. Um, not as good as this podcast, obviously. Uh, <laughs> um, but he's only back, so you know, still a fantastic player. So I think he, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Jason have a go at him and. See how it gets on. The interesting one for me will be Finnerty. He came on at half time there the last day for Kelly. So I think you could see Finnerty starting and he'll need minding. So that could maybe then sway Jax to say, look, I'll leave Tom on, on Walsh because I need Jason for Finnerty. So let's see how that plays out. But if Finnerty starts, that could that could maybe sway his decision on that one. Yeah, that's a good point about Jason Foley because he was marking Comer last year, obviously in the final. Comer's not there. I think Foley was the natural choice performer in that match. So the fact that he isn't playing in, in this game 
it does free him up to do that if they want to try it out. So I think that's an interesting one. Midfield, Paul Conroy is a, is a really important player for Galway. David Moore picked him up in the first half last year of the All-Ireland Final. There's no more David Moore, and obviously, um, what do you think, Jack Barry or Barry Dan and, and Conroy? Yeah, you'd probably be leaning towards Jack Barry, wouldn't you? Just with that bit of experience, Barry Dan has had a decent league, in fairness to him, and he's he's sticking in there. You know, he's he really is. Um, but I think the next day you probably you probably would put Barry on him. Um, Conroy is such a pivotal player for for Galway. Uh, what a performer! What a consistent performer! Even in the latter stages now of his career, you know, he's 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 still really, really, really good. Um, but I would be probably thinking that um, Jack Barry would go there. Um, Adrian Spillane, um, Adam, was he on the panel the other night? I I, I couldn't, I didn't, um, he didn't get any run. Was he on the subs against Roscommon? I'll have to double check that. Yeah, Just give me one second. He's a guy, I, I'm not sure in terms of his, his injury uh, situation. Um, but he's a guy that could go in there now to midfield and really, you know, get stuck in and in, into Conroy or or to um sorry the other one is uh, Kelly is it um, yeah yeah you know so I so I just I'm not sure where Adrian is at he wasn't on the panel he wasn't on the wasn't, panel last weekend he wasn't okay so look yeah. I'm not sure what what the story is there is there an injury or what but if he's back in the fold he's a guy that could could be he may not start midfield for you but what he could do is he could maybe come in as well along with a deal with O'Connor if you needed legs in in that in that uh, in that midfield department, you know, but I would think that if, if Jack goes with Barry Den and Jack Barry, which I probably would say he will, I'd say Jack will get the nod to pick up Conroy, I would think. Give us your predictions. First of all, are Kerry going to win on, on Sunday? And second of all, is it going to be enough to get them to the league final? I think they'll win. Uh, I think they'll win, Adam, um, but I'd probably not. Probably not. I think they'll probably win a tight game. I think they'll have enough to win it. Um, but they'll probably just lose out on on a on a league final. I don't think they'll have enough to to to, to get over the line. It probably, you know, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for them if if they have other things in their mind. I personally would love to see them in a league final. I think it would be great, be a real bonus. Um, but will they do enough to do it? Probably not. But I, I'd expect them to win the game. What I'd love to see Kerry do is regardless of what happens, league final or not back up the Roscommon performance. You know, okay, it wasn't brilliant, but just back it up, improve again, get another win, finish off the league with two wins and see where it takes you. But it'd be just great to finish on a high in the league. If it's enough to get you to the league final, brilliant. If not, so be it. But try and finish on a positive. I wouldn't be super confident on myself just going by our away form so far this year. Obviously, Galway are a very good team on top of it, but it's just... It has been so patchy to use Jack O'Connor's words. It has been it has been so inconsistent. It's been lose win, lose win, lose win. I don't know. I I, I think it's going to be a tough game for Kerry to get over the line up in Galway. And I think the big factor is that, and we saw it in evidence the last day, you just wonder, are they all in on the league? And I think it's pretty obvious they're not. You know, I don't think their head's fully in it. If the manager is saying publicly that they don't need to win it, how does that affect your mentality? And what are they saying privately? I've no doubt that they're 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 gunning for the championship, like, and I wouldn't by any means write them off for to come out swinging when the championship starts. But at the moment, I don't know. You can't half want to win something. It just no. doesn't work. Doesn't work like that. Like you have to yeah. be all in, and like, they might get over the line because of their talent and because of their ability on a given day. But just on the balance of things so far, I'm not convinced that they're a hundred percent gunning for it. And and just because of that reason alone, and the fact that it's an away match, and the fact that it's Galway. I think they might might struggle, and if if they do win, I I can't see them winning by you know three or four points. I think it'll be a closer game. Yeah, I suppose. Look at you. You go on about the trends. They have to break it at some stage, I suppose. And the other thing is, you know, look, Galway are going to be in the conversation come All Ireland time. They are. They're an improving team. They got to the final last year, so I think it'd be nice for Kerry to lay down a bit of a marker as well. So that's why I'm just leaning to them. To, to, to winning the game but I agree with you probably not by enough to get to a league final but we take that Sunday evening uh, if we're talking here next week on the podcast if they've, if they've done that then I'd be quite happy yeah absolutely listen uh, before I let you go I just want to pass on our condolences on behalf of, of ourselves to the family of Breda Walsh I know Enda very well he's, he's a legion man he's a great club man 
He's a, a massive fan of the Kerry team as well. He doesn't miss a match. And, um, you know, uh, obviously very sad for, for Enda and the family. And we just hope that they're all keeping keeping well, at, keeping as best they can at this time. And I know you knew Breda as well, didn't you? Very sad, Adam. Yeah, very good friends with Inda. I coached the Legion for a year under Alan O'Neill and Inda was the chairman that year and um, was very, very good to me. Just a real, real lovely family. Um, in fact, recently enough at the Monaghan game, um, I, I Inda sometimes lets, lets me park my car down in Bridgefield. They live across from, from, from the stadium. <clears throat> and... Um, I brought in a, a, a bottle of wine and a box of chocolates to, to Brida for letting me park. And I knocked on the door and she came out and she was full of the chat. And Inda was gone to the game already and we were just having the laugh and um, said our goodbyes. And uh, when I heard the news earlier in the week, I was just knocked for six at him. Um, a young woman in the prime of her life and very, very sad for the family, for for, for Inda and, and their two daughters, Rebecca and Amy. And I echo your sentiments, just our, our sincere condolences to the whole the end of the two girls and the extended families it's it's devastating time for them but uh knowing the ga family of the legion and the people of killarney i know they'll roll around in the and the girls um through this difficult time but uh, just words can't describe it it's just devastating for them and just we 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 we're uh, we're praying for them sean thanks a million for joining me this week um enjoy the weekend and i'll chat to you again next week thanks adam take care